Hi, I'm Madonna. I'm your worst nightmare. To rule the world. Why don't you show them what you do, honey? You've never had more fun with anyone else. People, people, we gotta move on to the next song. I'm Somewhere sweet in and I'm a bitch, you know what I mean? And that's always been the way it is. I'm, I'm a human being. <laughs> I'm waiting. You're listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your place for all things Madonna, Louise, Veronica, Ciccone, and beyond. Hey, everybody. My name is Stefan. Hey, guys. It's Tony. And guess what? We've got another special podcast crossover event today. Joining us on the show is Jess Rothschild, host of, um, oh, my God, Hot Takes and Deep Dives. Welcome, Jess. I almost flubbed the title. <laughs> it's been a long, it's been a long week, but you got it. <laughs> yes, welcome, Jess. Thank Thanks you. Com- Thanks, Thanks for boys. coming on the show. How how are how is everything? How, how's your pandemic? Uh, pan- listen, I'm thriving um, as best I can. Um, I live in New York City, like you guys, and. Mm-hmm. I've actually stayed. I, I haven't left. You know, I, I didn't like go to some country, some family country house. I pretty much have been here consistently. <laughs> no Hamptons? March. No Hamptons escape? Well, okay. To be completely honest, once the weather uh-huh. got better, mm-hmm. I did start going to Fire Island. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, you, you got to yeah. get away a little bit. You know, it's. Uh, yeah. You can't. Yeah. Because March, April, and May, were, that was rough. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yes. Once, once the, um, you know, the, I live very close to where the riots were taking place. And like, that was, that was a very, very difficult week. That was harder than yeah. all three months of the pandemic combined, to be honest, you know, just being so close and yeah. the noise to like midnight and yeah. waking up in the morning and like the stores around me being shattered, like my CVS, you know, be, the, the glass mm-hmm. being shattered, like that was more invasive, like on my you know, to me personally, then yeah. like I can, I'm fine with a quarantine. I can deal with all of that. But like when you're like disturbing the peace in my group, like, and I can hear it, like it's very, mm-hmm. it became like quite harrowing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, yeah. It, it wasn't a fun time for sure. Yeah. Well, now we're here podcasting. Yeah, now we're here. <laughs> uh, we, I always love to say that like the podcast has kept Tony and I sane. You know, it's like no matter, no matter what chaos out in the world is happening, at least for an hour a week, we get to sit back and yeah, talk about Madonna. We, we actually ramped it up uh, during the pandemic and started, you know, doing at least an episode a week. And I noticed that you did the same thing too. So, I mean, this is, this is, it's great. It's a great thing to have and to put out there. And, and then when people respond, it's, it's like an extra bonus, right? Yeah, it is. It's a, it has been an amazing outlet for me. And like, you know, my wheelhouse is the Bravo universe. Like, you know, my podcast mm-hmm. is a Bravo centric podcast. So, you know, it can revolve around a little bit like the news and like, I mean, I'm sure your listeners who are Bravo fans know that, you know, these two like lead character, lead cast members on Vanderpump Rules were suddenly fired, Stasi and Kristen. And like, that was sort of like earth shattering news in the Bravo cinematic universe. So like that week yeah. I wound up having to do an emergency third episode <laughs> to react. Cause that's like a major thing that I have to react yeah. to. So like, that was like an obscene amount of content that yeah. I put out that one week, but yeah, it's been, yeah, we can relate. We had to do an emergency <laughs> episode when the Medellin video dropped. Yeah, exactly. We always say we are not a breaking news podcast, but you know, exactly. If Madonna all of a sudden dropped some, you know, the, the Madame X DVD today, we'd, yeah. we'd be like, Tony, get on the horn. We got to do this again. Of you course. know, here, here of she, course. Here she actually speaking of breaking news, we get to do a, one of my fun segments this week, which we haven't done in a little bit, which is, this week in Chaconi, um, as our listeners might have seen, I think everybody saw, um, Madonna posted uh, a, a bit of a revealing photo on her Instagram and created quite the stir yet again um, with that implied nude selfie of her. Um, I think the only fashion yeah, she it had looked like a, was a hat. It looked like a topless version of the Give It To Me video. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's good call. <laughs> good call. Um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, what, what are your what are your thoughts on that, Jess? I'm sure you saw the picture. Yeah, of course. Woo. Um, listen, it. 
what I'm not going to lie to you guys. Did I love it? Like, no, like, I don't think anybody, I don't think any Madonna fan who, who, who says like, Oh, I, I love it. Like they're lying. Like they're, they're lying to themselves. Like yeah. I, I personally, like I'm going to keep it real with you guys. Do um, it. and like, I'm not a delusional <laughs> fan. Like it's, it's confusing because I feel like, and I, you know, listen, I follow Madonna scrapbook as you guys do on, on Instagram. And so like, I'm constantly looking at old photos of her and she is beautiful naturally, like absolutely beautiful, beautiful, beautiful face, beautiful Mm -hmm. body. And it has always been so since day one. And I don't know why she started. I don't know who put this insecurity in her. I don't know. I guess like maybe upwards of like 10 years ago at this point, or, I mean, I know it has to do with age and like, we're all getting older, but everybody knows what you look like. It's like, mm-hmm. we're not like, Oh, this is what she, she's not like a new pop star. That's, you know, trying to fool like Lana Del Rey, who like drastically changed her physical appearance or like the Kardashians who drastically changed their physical appearance. Like everyone knows what Madonna like looks like. Yeah. So I, the point is I find it a little, upsetting and like Mm. unnerving it's like where to me it's mostly like where is the woman that i love like where Mm. is she like is she there anymore yeah like physically i had read some thoughts on i mean there was a lot of hate that came out of from after she posted that which i thought was sad because and again like you said it is you know she didn't really resemble the madonna that i've grown to love and it made me wonder what had happened or why. And I think that, you know, people had commented saying one, it was a reflection picture, you know, and sometimes, you know, mirror reflections can sort of distort how your face looks. But then I also, I had read, somebody had said, it's possible that she's taking a steroid like prednisone, which, uh, you know, for her hip and for her knee injury that she's possibly taking a steroid to help with the healing process. And, prednisone has a tendency to do what they call um it does this thing called moon face which your face does have a bit of a swelling to it and so Mm -hmm. that could just be the that could be what it is you know i mean again i yeah i'm all for if you know i mean god knows if i had money to do alter things i'd probably get my original hairline back but um (laughs) and maybe get rid of some crow's feet but uh you know so god bless madonna let her you know if if, if that's making her happy then god bless her but yeah um, i mean listen there's nothing she can do with this like i've been a fan you know for you know i'm I'm 37 right now and i've been a fan since i was like six years you know five six years old like Mm -hmm. there's nothing to like i'm on this i'm here till the story ends like i'm not like i'm on this train i'm gonna see the way the movie ends like there's nothing she's gonna do to be like oh like i'm done that's it um, it's over it's over yeah exactly exactly but um yeah you know it actually reminds me i've talked about this with a few guests i mean like the conversation on my show like (laughs) it somehow always like reverts back to Madonna. It's so funny, but I've talked about it with a, with a couple of guests how, so it reminds me of how she suddenly started using auto tune in the mid two thousands. And it's, mm-hmm. I feel like some producer put this insecurity in her. And I wonder if somebody did the same thing about her appearance, like, because she was always so confident about like, yeah. her, her, you know, I assume she was confident about her singing voice, but like both things are like not, not what we it's not what we fell in love with initially mm-hmm. yeah i don't know, you know I'm, i particularly I'm, like the boudoir shot because you know it gives me another opportunity to kind of blow up the back and see her artwork and oh my god i love scoping out and, what she has in her bathroom <laughs> it's so much fun to be like oh look at that tile or oh i love that i love that sink fixture you know it's, yeah, do, you, there's, do you guys remember? there's a lot of really expensive judaica that she has if, if you know what to look for like you know a lot of these like ancient um you know jewish relics you know made of like silver and gold and you always see them in the back of her Do you you guys remember a few, maybe it was almost a month ago, a couple of weeks ago, she posted a video of David dancing to, I think he was dancing to Beat It, the Michael Jackson song. song, Yeah, Yeah, she got shit for that too. Okay, so so here, first of all, like David is like an insanely talented dancer, but the funniest comment I saw on Instagram was like, 
I just need to know if that's her kitchen. Like, is that like actually her kitchen? <laughs> they needed to know, like, was that her tile? I, Jess, I think that might be the guest kitchen. <laughs> yeah, 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 like the, yeah. Or, it or, did... or it's her kitchen, but is it her kitchen in the Upper East Side townhouse or the kitchen in mm-hmm. the Hamptons or the kitchen in her mm-hmm. London estate? You know what I mean? She's got quite a few kitchens. I need, I would like to know. I have a question for both of you. Who do you think is the better dancer, David Banda, or uh, let's think back to when uh, Rocco was on the Sticky and Sweet tour? Oh, now come on. Let's let's. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start a standing war here on who who it is. I think they each have their own equal talents. Um, I haven't I just, seen, I haven't Rocco, seen Rocco dance, dance lately. I know. I'd love to see what kind of skills he's got now. Well, he's very busy. I don't know if you if you check out the Daily Mail, maybe about once a week, you'll see him in his latest dandy outfit. I mean, he, he is a he is a sharp dresser. I gotta say, yeah, these bespoke uh, British suits, and um, I mean, no one can touch him when it comes to fashion. Not even Harry Styles. <laughs> I'll take that to the grave with me. <laughs> so, before we get into any questions, let's just give a little proper introduction to our guests today. Jess Rothschild is the host of Hot Takes and Deep Dives, a podcast dedicated to Real Housewives, Bravo, Liberties, and other pop culture icons. Jess was on the founding team of the internet's most popular lesbian website, where she interviewed Sandra Bernhardt, Margaret Cho, Linda Perry, and a plethora of other legends. She now interviews housewives and housewives-adjacent talent, yet always circles the conversation back to Madonna, as one should, in each episode <laughs> of her current podcast, Hot Takes and Deep Dives. So that's that's a little bit of background on who you are, but I'm curious how your Madonna journey got started. How did you, before we get to anything about the Bravo, the Bravo universe, yeah. uh, where did you, where, what was your first touch with Madonna? You said you started her off early, so I'm assuming you yeah, were I mean, borderlining yeah. it up with some jelly bracelets in the living room. <laughs> well, no, I was not yet. Actually, I was like born that year. Like I was born in 82. So like, give, you got to give me like a couple albums to like learn to walk yeah. and stuff. So <laughs> I, okay. So the earliest memories, I've like tried to trace this back mm-hmm. and I think I've landed on my earliest memory was seeing the Papa Don't Preach video, mm-hmm. uh, I guess on MTV or VH1. Yeah. And I was a huge MTV fan and I think it must have been Papa Don't Preach or Open Your Heart. Like, I definitely remember watching those two videos over and over again in, like, my childhood bedroom. And I think at that point, I remember, I remember like, when my mom would drive my friend and I to school, we would listen to, like, Like a Virgin, like, the song and probably that whole album over and over. So I think it was, like, around that time that it was, like, my initial, like, brushes with fandom. But it was definitely like, like like the sort of the trio or like the 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 three pronged approach of like the like a prayer album truth or dare mm-hmm. and vogue i think mm-hmm. that like cemented it as like being an obsessive super fan oh yeah yeah, that was yeah. a big one, two, uh, one, two, three punch. I think for a lot yeah. of people, you know, it's like like mm-hmm. a prayer sort of es- escalated her. Blonde Ambition, Vogue, all that sort of like yeah. elevated her even more. And then Truth or Dare, it was just like, and you can't touch her now. Yeah. Yeah. And then I re- I remember from there, I mean, probably, you know, shortly after Truth or Dare, like I remember I, I loved Rosie. And so the mm-hmm. fact that Madonna was in um, A League of Their Own, like it just like mm-hmm. grew, she became more and more relevant to my interests. Like, both Rosie and Madonna and the fact that they were suddenly merging just compounded my obsession. It's like, it was a thing that was feeding on itself, you know? Yeah. And also from 1989 through 1993, it was nonstop Madonna. We had her the entire time. It was, it was amazing. Those wonderful those breaks, years. Yeah. I loved those years. Was- <laughs> Dude, I, I really feel that the nineties is Madonna's best era. Mm-hmm. I like my my favorite albums. Like if I, the two albums that I play the most often are Bedtime Stories and Erotica. Yeah, and mine too. Mine too. Really, really, though, like that sound. It's timeless. That early '90s, 
that, that it just the music is just so warm. I mean, well, she did, she did great things where she touched on '90s house music with erotica, and then she did like hmm. '90s R and B with bedtime stories. So yes. it was like she sort of yeah. covered the gamut on like what what sounds were relevant and what sounds you're going to remember and. Yeah, and yeah, it was mm-hmm. peak Madonna at those albums. I mean, those those peak, are like those are albums you don't skip a song. You know, like if there's there's a couple yeah. of Madonna albums where I'm like, mm, I'm not going to listen to that song. Mm, I'm going to skip that one. Erotica bedtime story all the way through. Hmm. And and I still, I mean, Jesus, it's 2020, and I am still listening to them all the goddamn time. Like mm-hmm. at least once a week, I'm listening to one of those albums, like straight through. Especially on like a if like we were talking about like the Hamptons, like if I'm driving out, out East, like I've listened to hell. I, I even listened recently to, um, like a virgin, like the whole album, like straight through on a drive, on a drive home. And like, there are even some songs that I was like, that I'm like newly discovering in 2020, like a hundred years after they came <laughs> out. I'm like, Oh my God. It's just a song that I randomly would skip. Like, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. Okay. That song stay on uh, like yes, a virgin. Yeah. I am a late in life, like mm-hmm. lover of this song recorded in 1984 and now it's 2020. And like, I was, I don't know. I missed it my whole life. And like, yeah. here I am. And like, I'll listen to it all the time, like on repeat. Jess, I had the same thing because I remember I got the record when I was a kid and Dress You Up was the first song on side B. And then there were all those other songs. And I would only listen to Dress You Up and just put it away after that. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> and then suddenly I'm like, stay and pretender. I love those songs. Mm-hmm. And like, what, what? I'm curious, like what are your other, I, I, there's nothing I love more than like a late in life discovery. Like something that's been there the whole time, but then like, it's, oh my God, you're discovering it for the first time. Like, yeah. like now, like what other songs... Oh my God, I've become the biggest stand for To Have and Not to Hold from oh, Ray of Light. Good yes. call, yes. And yeah. Love Tried to Welcome Me from Bedtime Stories has been my jam for about a year now, where I like have to put it on at least once a day. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. And someone told me a couple of years, a couple summers ago, they're like, Yeah, I love how it sounds like an old uh, Latin bolero ballad. And I'm like, Really? And then I listened to it and I was like, Oh my God, that's exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so, I think yeah, I think my are... song was "Why Is It So Hard" from Erotica. I never listened to that when that album came Ooh. out, and mm-hmm. for some strange reason, I think I went back to it um, last year when things were getting crazy in life for some reason. And I was, it just, I was like, yeah, Madonna wrote a song about this, I think, and then I listened to yeah. it. And I'm like, this is such a great house song. Why did I not love this? Mm-hmm. Came so th- th- it's so funny. You mentioned that song. Why is it so hard? Right. From erotica. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> that's a song that I, I discover or I like, I like read Yeah. Song that I just skipped over, you know, most of my youth listening to. And then probably maybe like 10 years ago, I rediscovered it, but it was the live version off the girly show, the live uh-huh. girly show. Yeah. And I, was so in love with that live version that I, on my, like on my iPhone, I actually replaced the the studio version with the live <laughs> version. And it was only like in the past year that I'm like, Oh, I wonder what the actual studio version sounds like. And like, it's perfectly fine. It's great. I don't know why I was so psycho. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it must be this live version. That's the live version on the live version. Isn't, uh, I think it's available on the I'll remember CD single. Is that right? I why is it so hard? Oh. Yeah. Well, no, they, re- I know that they released, didn't they release why is it so hard inside that Madonna book that was about the girly show? Uh, I don't oh, know. Maybe. There was, yeah, a, there was a CD that came along with that. And I think the why is it so hard live version was on that CD. And I, cause I remember when I got that book, I was disappointed that of all the songs from the girly show that she could have included the live version of the one song she included was why is it so hard because I wasn't into it at the time. And I was like, I want it mm-hmm. like holiday. Cause the holiday from girly show is amazing or, you know, like deeper and deeper. Or one of the, like, Vogue. Yeah, I wanted the deeper and deeper disco orgy yes. suite. You know? And, and no. instead, I get German like a virgin. Yes, and why <laughs> really? is it so hard? I know, I was, I was kind of disappointed. Wait, like so a weirchen? I want to go back to one second. Judge, you mentioned driving to the Hamptons. You're not on a private helicopter with the Bravo people? What? 
That's, a, that's amazing. I, I can't uh, believe you're not <laughs> helicoptering it out. I mean, <laughs> listen, no, I'm, I'm a local, I'm a pedestrian. I, I have to drive <laughs> out there. Good. I hope, I hope you weren't at Joe Farrell's party last weekend. Oh, good Lord. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I was with Ramona. I was with Ramona spreading the coronavirus. Oh, my oh, God. Geez. The, the Ramona virus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys, are you guys, uh, Bravo fans, Housewives fans? Uh, Stefan is not, but, um, he asked me if I was a fan and I said, I don't know if I can call myself a fan, but then again, I've watched every show since its first episode. So I get, what does that make me? Oh, you've seen your, so you've watched all of the franchises? Yeah. Oh, that I mean, I don't know how he finds the time. Because it comes on and you can't do anything else. See, right, that's guys? why I don't have cable. <laughs> I cut cable years ago. Oh and God. so, like, I just, I don't have, I mean, I, I'm assuming you can probably watch it on some of the streaming sites it's, and whatnot. It's all on Hulu. Okay. It's all yeah, on yeah, Hulu, yeah. baby. Um, What's your favorite franchise? Um, I was really happy when Beverly Hills started. And even though they kind of let me down every season, I, I just, I like the promise of Beverly Hills. This, but you know what? Are you up New on York, this, this season? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. season this is good. of Beverly Hills is amazing. It's, it's Denise absolute, Richards is the best thing that could have happened to that 100%. show. 100%. Absolutely. My New only, York is, is, yeah. My only exposure to the Housewives franchise is. And you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There was a big fight between Lisa Rinna and some other woman in a restaurant. And they were like throwing cups at each other. And it was like, don't talk about my husband. And yes. And so, <laughs> uh, so now I had never seen that fight on the show, but somebody had done a version of that with SRMS, you know, that like, sensory yes. the, where like oh my god it was t kyle it was t kyle asmr asmr it was t kyle and they yeah like i had never seen the original clip but somebody had sent me that clip where it's like i don't think you know what you're doing don't you dare and i was like what I, I, it literally tickled me to no end i thought this was the most hysterical thing so then i had to like find the original clip because I was like, well, is it really this funny to watch it without the high, high drama whisper? And, and it was, it was, it was actually just mm-hmm. as entertaining, but I, I kind of liked the ASMR version a little bit better, but. Um, first, yeah. first of all, I love that you just mentioned T Kyle. Um, mm-hmm. it, he's, he's actually um, on my show on Monday. Oh, nice. I can't wait to listen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He is hilarious. I've been following him for years. He's, he's the like best. The meme queen of the Eleven. Yeah. But, yeah. We, you know, t- now- we talk about a lot of, um, cause like I do get into a lot of like pop music stuff as well as, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, I, listen, like my core audience is, you know, ha- they are like Bravo housewives fans, but you know, so I would say like 80%, 80 to 85% of it is, is that, you know, that niche, but then like 15, the rest of it, you know, it's like, other stuff that I'm obsessed with. So like Gaga, Britney, Christina, Madonna, you know, but so like we definitely get into like Britney, Christina, you know, all that stuff. Oh, good. So and tell actually, me and of course, you- Madonna comes up. He, he talks about going to her show. <laughs> they did a, the, you know, the, his podcast with uh, Bradley Stern, they did a really good deep dive into confessions. So yes, like, they did. So tell me what you're loving on Bravo right now. Ooh, what I'm loving on Bravo right now. I would say, I like, like I just said, I think my favorite show that's on the air right now, it would have to be Beverly Hills. I mean, mm-hmm. New, New York is historically my favorite mm-hmm. franchise. Like uh, that, that has had the best overall run, the most consistent run, you know, 12, 12 years in this season happens to be, they're going through like some growing pains. Like the loss yeah. of, the loss of Bethany is I think more, it's left a bigger hole than people initially did were claiming. Where did she go? <laughs> well, she, she went to Millionaire's <laughs> Island. Yeah, it wasn't like she kicked it, you know. Like she just yeah. no, no, no. She, she's she's, she's but but get this. She actually announced this week that she's starting her own podcast. Oh Lord, uh, yeah. Well, everything. you know, like I always say, there's room for everyone. Thing to do, you know, like in the '90s, it was it was a nose ring or a belly button ring, and you know, the 2020s, it's having a podcast. That is funny. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like I would say like historically, like my 
my favorite, the show that I will watch, go back to Hulu and like, I've seen like, you know, I've watched seasons, you know, one through 10 of New York, like, Jesus Christ. I mean, at least like, who knows, like 30 times each, like a million. This happens to be like, there are a lot of growing pains. Like they lost like the face of the show. Like they lost the glue and it's just a little bit like chaotic right now. It's definitely like not my favorite season, but it's very chaotic. I always yeah. feel really stressed out after each episode, especially with like, yeah. all the drinking. All they, the drinking. They, they need like a grounding. <laughs> there, there needs to be a grounding force. They need and... to bring on Heather Locklear. That Heather Locklear <laughs> always bailed out '90s soap operas like at Melrose Place. They brought her on. Boom! It was an instant success. You know, like You're so right. She they they need to bring on something like you know like a, like a Heather Locklear rescue person and. And, uh, She'll be great on Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. What is yeah, Heather Locklear doing go... these days? Is she okay? I, I don't know. I feel I like Heather, I, I don't. I feel like things are not well in the Heather Locklear world. You know, but I haven't. I'll, I'll find out and I'll get back to you on that. Okay. One last problem <laughs> thing. Do you know what really took me by surprise during lockdown is Tell that me. I would always kind of like eh, I don't really feel like watching Summer House because nothing's going to happen. And this season was on fire. It was so good. I can't wait to see more of Hannah and company. Absolutely, Summer House. I mean, for people who loved Vanderpump Rules like in its heyday mm-hmm. it, and we're sort of disappointed by this past season which I, I was as well like you know, listen Vanderpump Rules seasons like two three four five six are like a Shakespearean tragedy yeah, like it canon. is that yeah. it is that brilliant and that good mm-hmm. they, but they can't sustain that you know forever no. so it kind of like you listen they're, they're also like going through like a personality you know, shift the, the mm-hmm. show, the show is going through like an identity crisis. And yeah. cause you know, they're all pushing 40 and they have more money than most waiters and waitresses in LA do, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And summer house it's listen, the, the shows are like actually like totally diametrically opposed, but summer house it's, it's offering you that sort of like solves that Vanderpump mm-hmm. used to like when you used to get like fatigued from the housewife and Vanderpump was like, so refreshing. Summer right. house is like so refreshing, <laughs> but it's a d- totally different energy. It's very like light and bright. It's almost like a sitcom in the yeah. sense that every episode it reset. It, it literally like, re- like the storylines pretty much get resolved within the like mm-hmm. 45 minutes and I also call yeah. it dueling bedrooms because they do yeah. like the bedroom you know shots mm-hmm. and it's too bad yeah I saw I heard Carl on your show and it was hilarious so oh thank you I I you know bring the entire cast I will listen Aww. yeah well thank I was gonna you. say what are you having Mr. Bravo himself on your program when's Andy Cohen coming on oh god oh no he would never do I mean he did never like, say he, never never say listen, never, never say, but, but honestly, here's the thing when it comes to, so like interviewing, you know, talent is like my favorite thing. And I used to, like I said, like earlier, like I used to do it on this website and, but here's the thing, people who have been interviewed so much, like, like Andy, it's kind of like, what am I looking to find out that yeah. he hasn't already been asked? Like even in like the, the, the deeper interviews, like he's been, he's been on Howard so many times like Howard has gotten the most out of him that he's ever going to really give. You just you know? have him on for a chat, you know, like when, and I say this, when we have Madonna yes. on our podcast, we'll just, yes. you know, like whatever she wants to talk about, we'll talk about, you know? Like, Do you think Madonna listens to podcasts? I don't know. I, Tell Jess what she said when you gave her her card. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, so I had, so I got to sit with her at the Madame X show and share a beer oh with God. her and my friend. Uh-huh. And we obviously we were starstruck. And but my, in my in my entire mind, when I knew we were going, when the security was pulling us over. I had one business card from my from that I made up for the podcast left in my wallet. And I got it in my hand and I said to myself, Stefan, no matter what happens with this conversation you have to tell her that you have a podcast about her. And so mm-hmm. just as she's about to wrap up and says, you know, Oh, I have to get back to the show. I'm like, Oh, Madonna, I have a podcast about you. And I don't know if it was the, that she just wasn't focused on, like she was trying to get back into Madame X mode or she 
didn't hear me clearly or whatever. It was, she, she seemed a bit confused and, um, <laughs> and, and didn't really care. <laughs> you know, it was like, Oh, okay. Just give the card to him and her assistant. And, and, and that was the end yeah. of that. I was like, well, Amazing. at least I told her yeah, I had I'm a surprised. podcast about her. I'm surprised she didn't, you know, just give it right back to you in that faux British accent. I should have asked her if she would have been a guest. See, I wasn't, I wasn't forward enough. I should have been like, Madonna, we, we, I have a podcast about you and I'd love for you to be on the show. Will you be a guest? Put her on the spot, you know? I think yeah. the audience would have been right, right behind you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Jess, did you go see Madame X? Oh, yeah. I saw Tell Madame, us all about it. Yeah, so I saw Madame X three times here nice. in New York at BAM. And, oh, oh, yeah? Three times? Th- three times at the BAM. Amazing. Um, yes, so the, the most special... It, listen, I, I paid the money. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was, I'm not going to have some, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to sit far back and I don't want to, although right. I actually feel that sitting in that, like in the, like the mezzanine or the balcony, whatever that, that upper level was, I actually think those probably were very good seats if you're in the, in the first row, first couple of rows. Right. So yes. Which, which, which I can tell you, cause I did have that for like my second Madame X viewing. I was in the second row of the upper mezzanine and mm-hmm. It was. It was a great. I, I was able to see things that I hadn't seen. That's where you when, see Frozen. Yeah, exactly. I hadn't. I wasn't able to see things when we were fourth row. Uh, you know, the, oh, cool. the, the first time where it was like Tony and I were just like Madonna sitting right in front of us, and we're gobsmacked. And I'm like, my God, her wig looks great. Mm-hmm. And her wig is great. <laughs> but yeah, I, it was like, was, oh my God, she's right there. But yeah, those other seats. Yeah. You know, Tony had a cheap seat in the back though. Oh my God. So yeah. So, you know, when that initial lottery happened, yes. um, I got, you know, I was re- same, I was ready to spend the money. And then all of a sudden they're like, this is your ticket. And it was, uh, almost in the, it was in the very was last row. The last the row very, and it, like all the way to the end, there was like maybe two seats to the side. And mm-hmm. I was like, trying to sell them. Nothing happened. I ended up going, uh, someone took my phone bag by mistake. I was there till two and oh in the morning looking for my phone. I oh. was like, I would never do this for, um, Lady Gaga. <laughs> or, or anybody right. else. You know, uh, or Stacy Q or anybody like that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but you know, as, as you know, I'll let you continue with your Madame X experience, but yeah, I mean, it was like, Oh my God, how tired was everyone every day after that show? Yeah. Know? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, but I, but I definitely did like brace myself for like mm. the, the time commitment. Like I was, I was able to actually like psychologically, you know, get, get into it and like make somehow make myself wide awake at like 10 o'clock mm. at night. I mean, I think it was like adrenaline and like whatever, Yeah, yeah. but, um, okay. The, the most unique special experience I had was one of the times I was able to get front row seats nice. like my seat was in the front row I've never been front row at a concert ever and there I was I was I was front row and I'd already seen the show I think one at that time I think I think the time I was front row was either the second or third time I saw it so I'd already seen it like you know maybe from like the fourth row or whatever fifth row mm-hmm. so I was going back and she, you know, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. She locks eyes with somebody during killers who are partying. Uh, or maybe I just know this because she did this with me. She stared into my soul during oh my killers God. who are partying. And so much so that my friend was sitting, you know, a little bit off to the side and she saw it. Like afterwards, she like walked up to me and like grabbed my shoulder. Cause like she literally saw the eye contact it was, were, were you okay it after that moment where you were just like, <laughs> I mean, just, you can't hide from Madonna. No, it was <laughs> the look of was, love. <laughs> it was amazing. And like when I, the other times that I saw it, I was the first time I was, I don't know, probably fourth row on the aisle. And as you guys know, like being on the aisle was the best place to be yeah. because you could fist bump her on the way out. <laughs> so like got to do that. You know, I, I listen, I mean, I did everything I needed to do. You know, I wasn't going to buy the polar, you know, that stuff. Like, I don't care about that is I like yeah. having the, like the moments, you know, like mm-hmm. the personal moments. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So what was your favorite part of the show? Like what, what was the, like, what stood out for you? I really have to say frozen. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, it was, I, it was I such just, a magical moment. I felt like it made you, it really stopped the show in its tracks. And yeah. that's like kind of what you look for in, in a live show. It's that song that like literally like you're just fr- like frozen, as I said, you know, mm-hmm. just literally just like grabbing your friend who's next to you and just, you can't believe that you're witnessing such like brilliant artistry. So I would say frozen. I mean, I absolutely love um, that she included human nature and the fact that she brought back like the video choreo, like mm-hmm. that, that was super fun as well. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Frozen, I, I, I'm curious to see if it'll have such gravitas when we see the, the tour film. But I, I just remember the first time seeing it and then the couple times afterwards. I mean, each time I would see it, it just, it had such a, a heft to it. Because not yeah. only was it, her, she sounded beautiful, the arrangement was beautiful, you know, it was a very truthful version to Frozen. But Mm-hmm. And then not only was Lola's, you know, choreography, the interpretive dance video, that was shot so beautifully and done so beautifully. And then the way that the, they staged it, so that way Madonna was sort of floating amongst that video, that was so beautiful. But then I thought the thing that was most iconic about that was you're watching the product of Madonna's career with, mm-hmm. melting with her real life, where you're like, oh, yeah here's her daughter now grown and the implication of the song with her relationship and whether or not they actually have a Rocky relationship is irrelevant because it's just sort of like, it was just such a beautiful marriage, you know? Mm -hmm. And and at that time, and, and at that time, I didn't know that she had all of those tattoos. Like, I didn't know that she had the, the mom and dad on the knuckles. I know. And, and um, actually, just today, did you see those photos that came out of Lola in New York City? I think they were taken yesterday of her, like, she's, like, like she's either smoking, smoking like, a joint a, or, yeah, like, a, a cigarette, yeah. whatever. You saw those photos? I they were good. One. Somebody, she looked beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I need to find they, them. They were really yeah. good. I loved it. Google I loved it. it. So just, look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Okay, <laughs> just tell us about your other um, close encounters with Madonna. Ooh, yeah. Well, other, other tours, other other run-ins. Oh, other t- other tours. Well, I'll, I'll just say the first. Yeah, I did have like one run-in with her, which I'll tell you guys in a second. But mm-hmm. aside from that, the first I actually still have framed in my apartment. The first time I ever saw her live was so I had missed the girly show. Like I was very much aware that the girly show was going on, but mm-hmm. I was like ten or something, and like my parents weren't letting me go to like Madison Square Garden to like go see the girly show. Yeah. I remember like seeing the ad for it in the New York Times, like on my kitchen table, and just being like, "Are you, like I can't go." Like, and my mom was like, uh, "I know." Yeah, <laughs> that was a little bit of an adult. That was an adult show for for a ten year old. It doesn't matter. She would have caught up, you know. <laughs> but it was like an insane fat. Like it was driving me mental that yeah. I that I couldn't go. And so, all those years passed, and I was like, "She, I'm never going to see her live." Like this was during that stretch that she wasn't performing, yeah. and I was just, I just basically accepted, like, that's it. Like it's not happening. And then suddenly. Who knew that it would kick off another like couple of decades of her like touring like pretty regularly? But like when the Drowned World Tour was announced in 2001, I mean by that point I was an adult. You know I was in college. I, I yeah I was in, I was actually I just graduated high school. I was like maybe freshman or sophomore in college. And hell yeah, like at that point I was going to Madonna, and so I saw her for the first time on my birthday, July 31st, 2001. And I have the ticket stub framed with um, the music cover art um, in my closet here. Yeah. And that was at Madison Square Garden, right? Yeah. I think I was at that show too. Yeah. That was the first. That was, yeah. So that was the first show I saw live. And I remember like just loving, you know, she was doing like heavy, like the songs from music. And I think, I think American Life. Well, no, it was Ray of Light, light, light and... It was Ray of Light and Music. Yeah. Okay. But I remember she did do, like, Secret. Like, she had pulled a few songs from her earlier catalog. Like, four, maybe, like, four songs or something. And yeah, I'm pretty sure holiday. Secret was one of them. There was, there was Holiday. There was a little bit. Yeah. Of, 
Yeah, I loved that tour. That, that that's one of her. I think that's one of her. Yeah. But I would see so also like around that time. So this is like my my close encounter story. So yeah. at that time, I was an intern at ABC News. So I work in tech, like my background's in tech and design. And, you know, my background was, I guess, quote unquote, web design is what they used to call it back in the day. Mm-hmm. And like now it's called like user experience design, whatever. Right. Anyway, so <laughs> so. I was I was working on web web stuff for ABC News and this was when American Life was coming out and I knew that she was going to be on live with Regis and Kelly. It was Regis and Kelly at that time. And I basically snuck backstage because I had my I was able to get in the building and like move around because I I was an intern, you know. So I basically just like I, I do kind of have it, it's sort of like my su- my superpower or like mm-hmm. my hidden talents is I can I can I, I'm physically uh, how do I say I'm physically um, you're like a ninja you're like a ninja yeah yeah like I can sneak like if I need to like sneak to the front of like a concert like I, I probably you know I can like do all that shit you know like I, I'm I'm not very tall and like I can kind of like get where I need to go. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I literally just like, I don't know. And like, nobody kicked me out. And so cut to I'm backstage. Madonna is about to go on. It is only myself, Madonna and Gelman, you know, the producer yeah. of, of Live. <laughs> what a dream come true. <laughs> I was like shitting, my, I was literally shitting my pants. And actually, no, I'm pretty, to be honest, I don't even think I was. Like I, in moments like that, I sort of had this like presumed, like I deserve to be here. Like I can be kind of like. It makes sense. Like a You're part, like, yes, this is how it, life it, should be. It honestly does make sense. Like for me, like I kind of can work, work certain situations, but. I remember the day. Do you guys remember when she performed for the first time on MTV? It was called on. I think it was called on stage and off the record or something. It was yes, like a- I I remember because it happened at the Tower Records. I waited in line for about two hours, and then I'm like, "Fuck this! I'm not spending the night on Bleecker Street. I'm oh going God. home." You know. And now I, I still think about that. I was yeah, like, you no, kick yourself me. every night for not, you, not waiting you, in line. You could have toughed it out. You oh know, you could have toughed it out to hear uh, "Nothing Fails" performed yes, acoustically. Exactly. You know? <laughs> she was wearing, so in that. So I watched that live on MTV. She was wearing like a black. I think it was like a striped, like black and white. Horizontal mm-hmm. striped shirt. She played like a prayer. Nothing fails, and like a maybe maybe one other song. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe one other song. Yeah. And she hadn't performed like a prayer live in a in a really long time. And it, I, I genuinely thought it was incredible. And so I, the two things I said to her were, I loved your performance of like a prayer yesterday. She said thank you. And then I don't know why. But I asked her if she wanted an Altoid. Like I, I was did like, her, oh, did her breath smell? <laughs> no, no. It was more like I just wanted to like me. I wanted. It, I it was. I probably did that because because I was so relaxed. Mm-hmm. You know, it just like would be a normal thing. Like, oh, like do you need help with anything? <laughs> like, <laughs> did she like, take I, the Altoid? No, Can no, I get you a chair no. or some yeah. water? How about an Altoid? No, no, she didn't. No, she said no. But I will say this, and I actually mm-hmm. haven't told. I didn't say this on on the. I kind of like told the story a little bit, a few, you know, up to another guest with Isaac. But one thing that I forgot. Exactly. Yeah, I interviewed Isaac Boots. But one thing that I remembered after I would told him that there's a third piece to this story, which was, so then Madonna goes off and, you know, does the interview with, with Kelly and with Kelly Ripa. And uh, I guess it must've been like her publicist or somebody who was, or an assistant who was backstage with us. I, I asked her like, is there any way, like if I wanted to get like a signed photo from Madonna, like how, how could I do that? How could I go about doing that? And she said, let me get your, your name and your information and we'll see what I can do. So I gave her my address, my name, all of that. And it must have been like three or four months later, I get a very flat, thick package in the mail. And it is indeed a black and white photo of Madonna personalized to me. 
awesome. What photo was it? I don't even know. You know, to me, I gotta find. I should find it but and take off a picture it. of it. <laughs> no, I didn't lose it. It's it's here, but it's not something that I. For some reason, like it's more like the ticket stub that I like yeah. tre- treasure more than like right. the, that because photo. Of the because, of, you know, because of the mm-hmm. experience. Yeah, I think because I think subconsciously I was like, how do I know this is real? Like, I mean, she, yeah, I mean, well, I mean the, her the handwriting with is her very, statement. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was because it just got sent to me. I was like, yeah. I think I had this like weird suspicion around you know it's not like i like stood there and like saw her sign it it was like it's just a leap of faith i I mean (laughs) listen for for all we know for all we know guy oziri has that unique talent that he can reproduce (laughs) anyone's handwriting and he's probably just sitting there but isn't that crazy that this person like actually came through Mm -hmm. for like a random nobody i i just i feel like Back in the day when, before the internet was how people got in touch with each other, I feel like if you just reached out to Icon or reached out to the management, I feel like you just, you got more, you know? But Mm. I I guess the world got too big. Um, I I mean, I was like shocked. That mm -hmm. was very shocking to, I was almost like, I I almost like didn't believe it. Like that was really, I I really think that's why I have it just sort of like in a folder, like protected somewhere. It's kind of like, Ooh, it, it's it's almost like freaky to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm one of those people where I'd rather have a like a picture with the person as opposed to an autograph picture. You know, like I don't I don't yeah. need someone to have sign their signature. I'd rather have a picture with them so I can at least be like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So, Jess, I have a question for you because now that you've revealed that you worked at ABC News, mm. I've always wanted to know the answer to this question. Um. Madonna has said many times that she loves Cynthia McFadden and that's the only person who will interview her for ABC. Do you oh. know why? <laughs> I have no idea. That's so interesting. I've never go, heard I that I like before. Cynthia McFadden. Yeah, she's, if, a good, she's a good interviewer. Yeah, and if, if, if you go back and see a couple of the interviews with Madonna, they have a really good rapport and it's like, God, I wish mm. I could see her do that more with other reporters because, you know, when she gets icy, it gets Ooh, really good. Yeah, cool, there's, 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 there's quick yeah. cuts of that on YouTube where she's... Not had a good interview questions and. Uh, I mean, the, I think the my favorite moment in like a Madonna interview was where she's freaking out about out about the room being too hot. She's like, "I need a fan! I need a fan!" <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. But what do you think is the best interview she's done? Or, or if yeah, I guess answer that, and also like, who do you think she had the best chemistry with, like host wise? I, I think Stefan will agree with me. I think Kurt Loder got a lot out of her and she yes. respected him as a journalist, you know, yeah. where she wasn't like looking to like, you know, sink him, you know, she mm-hmm. was like, okay, answering his questions, you know, like I'm thinking specifically of the take a bow, uh, making of the video and also breakfast with Madonna, the, um, Oh yeah. Where she's in the robe with the blonde ponytail. Yeah. With the rosary. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I as, far, as far as like, what has culturally resonated the most in terms of like what's an iconic interview of hers. A lot of people always go back to the infamous David Letterman interview where, you know, she mm-hmm. was dropping the F, F word and uh, smoking mm-hmm. cigars. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, th- that was pop culture history, you know, like that's such a memorable moment. I also loved her interview on Nightline when she was there for justify my love. I, I mean, I stayed up late to watch yes. that and it's such a great interview uh-huh. because everything that she says in that interview is completely 100% true. You know, like she's sitting there saying she's being trashed for presenting stuff that people are doing in their own bedrooms. You know, it's, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. she's just super mm-hmm. smart. Yeah, and, it, and, and then, and then when, when Wallace criticizes her for commercializing the scandal, she's like, yeah, lucky me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. She made money on it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I mean, so she, just, there's been so many great. Mm. Oh, no, I was just going to say, tell us, tell us how your podcast came to fruition. I'm, I'm curious how Hot Takes oh. and Deep Dives came about. I, I mean, obviously, sure. You, so you loved Bravo and, and you were like, I'm going to talk about them on a podcast. <laughs> well, so this is how it happened. So 
I initially had another another podcast that I that I did with a co-host, and it was most basically like I, I mean, I never had any aspirations of creating a podcast or like putting myself out there in that way. Like, I've actually like. I, in the past, I've been like sort of like shy about really putting myself out there. And I had accumulated a bunch of stories about sort of like these like sort of insane, very funny encounters that I've had with housewives like over the years. Like I went to Jill Zarin's like luxury luncheon in the Hamptons. Like I found a way to like get into that. Like sort of like how I was saying, like I found a way to like get backstage at the, at the Madonna interview. And so I had like a bunch of stories like that. Like I was at um, Lu- Countess Luann's fir- very first cabaret show in New York that they filmed for the housewives and all the housewives were there. And like, the Giovanni cornered- one? Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God, Jess. And oh, so at the, at the taping of so get this at the taping of that the show ends and I leave my I like I, we were like literally signing the check and my my partner was like Bethany just went to the bathroom and I was like <laughs> she, they saw that I was like like getting really antsy about paying the check they're like just just go just do what you need to do and so my whole thing is rather than getting a photo with somebody, I'll take it one step further. You know how like you don't want to get the autograph. I don't even Mm -hmm. want a photo with somebody. I want a video with somebody. Mm -hmm. And my thing with the housewives is I, I have us like reenact like something iconic. And so I got Bethany to do, um, mention it all with me. And so we did that. She came out of the bathroom and I was like, Hey Bethany, like, can we just do a quick video? And the two of us go mention it all, which is like an iconic, like very funny line she had. I did the Mm. same thing with, I ran into Andy Cohen in a parking lot out East and we did the whole, don't let it be about Tom. It's about Tom. (laughs) Please don't let it be about Tom. (laughs) Yeah, Literally. Like we literally did that in one take, like exactly like that. So like, that I, you know, to me, that's just like so much more entertaining. Listen, if you can mm-hmm. make it happen, if you're able to like stage it in a certain way. So anyway, the point is like, I had like a bunch of the, like I was on a plane with Ramona Singer, like just tons of like happenstance stories. And so I, I met, I met this guy who would later become my co-host. And like, basically the po- that podcast was us telling these sort of humorous stories to each other. Mm-hmm. And in that, like, we started doing a lot of interviews. Like, we interviewed, you know, Kelly Ben Simone, Heather Thompson, a lot of housewives, and a lot of like housewives adjacent people. And, yeah. you know, like, like Dr. Sharon Giese, Ramona's like plastic surgeon. Oh you know, people, people like that. People like that. <laughs> please don't. Please tell me that you got Sonia's uh, facialist. She's on the list. She's on the, or like one of Sonia's interns. Yeah. Like that's like, you know, that's a get. So, so so we did that and we had like, like we had like really like, like huge success. Like some of the interviews went viral. It was, it was, it was an amazing experience. And then we kind of split off and I kind of like reinvented it um, as hot takes and deep dives as like Mm -hmm. its own show. And it's me and I have, you know, guest co-hosts, like, every episode. I have, like, recurring co-hosts. I interviewed, um, actually, I interviewed uh, the host of Inside the Groove, that podcast, Edward Russell. Um, yes, and we went, like, we, really we, deep. It was a great episode. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we did that. I did, um, you know, like I said, like, I, I still do, you know, some music-focused episodes, like, you know, I go head to head with like my, my friend who's like the biggest Madonna fan I know, or the biggest Gaga or Britney fan. And then Mm -hmm. we'll go head to head with, with Madonna. We did top 20 songs and we literally count down from 20 to one and like debate each other. Mm -hmm. And I've done that with like Gaga. We do like top 10 Britney. I did it. We recorded one, um, for Christina Aguilera and like, that'll come out in a couple of weeks. So awesome. Just keep it, keep it cool. Keep it, keep it tight. Wait, so I'm yeah. curious, if Madonna was going to be on one of the Housewives shows, which one would she go on? That's an, that is actually, like, a brilliant question. <laughs> I mean, would she be a lady of London? Would she be Beverly Hills? Would she be New York? I, I mean, New York, right? She'd have I to be guess. in New York, right? I mean, there's no, there's no Real Housewives yeah. of Detroit. She would have <laughs> to be New York. It would only work if Bethany was there. Right. She would never do the show without Bethany. And she would never do if, like, Andy left Bravo. Like, it would have to be, like, all things, all, like, 
things would have to be lined up yeah. like just so. Yeah, I guess I guess New York, like in its prime. You know who else would have to be there? Carol Radswell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I would have to like we'd have to like really hone the cast. <laughs> it always takes me back to that episode where uh, Kelly and Bethany are, you know, doing that thing for that charity and. And who was it? She was like, who does she think she is? Madonna. And it became like two yeah. episodes of a fight, right? Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> early. Wow. That's yeah. like season two. Damn. I told you. I know. Yeah. I mean, well, when, I love you, it. Know, when you think of it, the housewives honestly owe their existence to Truth or Dare. You know, had Truth or Dare not been created? I mean, obviously, yes, I know the real world and there were other reality shows out there and whatnot. But like Truth or Dare sort of be, was like the invention of pop culture reality even though it was a proper documentary and i think you know reality sort of just was huge after that documentary you know what i discovered the other day uh if you haven't you have to do it so there was a show in 1991 called blossom it was like a tv sitcom Mm -hmm. she did a truth or dare episode really blossom yeah yeah, it's like the whole episode is black and white and she's like, you know, and then it goes to color for some scenes and she's like doing truth or dare. It. I was going to tell you about it the other day. I forgot, Seven, but it totally like blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, she's, Man Bialik has her button on the pulse of pop music <laughs> in 1991. In like, like color, like she's doing performances. I mean, like, kind of. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like a professional singing thing, you know. Right, right, right. Like, you know. Oh, but it's not not a joke like with Julie Brown when she did Medusa Dare to be Truthful. Well, she's not parodying Madonna. They're parodying the format. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, so it's like it's like a, a documentary and it's like black and white in color and, you know, and, and she, you know. Blossom serious pop culture moment or something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you're, you're so, you're, you really are, you're so right about Truth or Dare. Be, it's like, because think about it, the real world New York, like the first season of the real world came in 92, which was like fresh on the heels of, you know, like it, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm trying to think, were there any, like, what was the most formative music documentary prior? To I remember when, I remember when Truth or Dare came out, um, I think it was uh, Peter Travers who reviewed it. And I always used to like read the reviews of films, you know, like, you know, give it legitimacy or whatever. And he said that this was the best rock documentary since Bob Dylan's Don't Look Back. So Mm -hmm. I would like, I mean, I'd seen Depeche Mode 101 the year before, but there was no interaction with the band. It was, you know, like a couple of their fans and then live performances, but there was never anything that showed you everything happening backstage. Mm -hmm. I know I kind of wanted a documentary about myself after I saw Truth or Dare. I mean, I know I'm not a a singer, but I I still kind of wanted cameras to follow me around. You know, like, I was like, this would be great. How much fun this would be. (laughs) And now, like, in, like, the modern era, it's so interesting to watch, like, the Lady Gaga Netflix documentary, you know, Mm -hmm. Five or Two, and that Taylor Swift documentary that came out they they're just i mean particularly gaga i mean and i love i love gaga but she's just trying so hard to be yeah. madonna in truth or dare and the the taylor swift documentary just uh, it's just like there was nothing there like there's no plot there's nothing there's mm-hmm. no there's no like gloss in it um i yeah. i just remember the 1989 uh concert video with you know, her introducing all her friends. And then um, your recent guest, Laura Marie, did she her did, video. Yeah. And it was crazy. It was hilarious. That was It was better than the actual show. So I always That's like amazing. once a year post Laura Marie's video. <laughs> amazing. And I was like, yeah, this is what actually should have been on the 1989 documentary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay, I, I have a question for you. What would Madonna's Real Housewife tagline be? I mean, that is, <laughs> that, that is unbelievable. So... <laughs> This is, I never thought about this before in my life, but this is what I've come up with. And it's just funny that we're just talking about truth or dare. So maybe it's like kind of on the nose. And maybe we, we, we're going to need to like hone this and like workshop it a bit. Oh, of course. <laughs> okay. This is what I've come up with. The truth hurts and I dare you to judge me. Yeah, oh, I like that. I like that. 
Do you? What's your so, tagline, Justy? Obviously, if you were ever going to be, I, on I, 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 I don't have. I don't have one. I'm not. Yeah, I don't. I don't have one. I have to like really think about that. But um, I know people have come up, like Andy Cohen, because he's written a couple of books and he's gone on like book tours and stuff. People like give him his taglines, you know, like there's, mm-hmm. there's like one guy that showed up at a bunch of his book tours and like each, each one, like for each year, he was like, I've, I've refined your tagline. So like Andy gets a kick out of that, but I don't know. I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I definitely don't have one for myself quite yet, but I don't know. I think, I think the Madonna one may be good. Yeah, that's a good one. You should adopt it. Mine is. <laughs> When there's blood in the water, I'm the first shark on the scene. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know what franchise that's for, though. <laughs> I don't even know if it's been created yet. Yeah? That's funny. So, oh. Stefan, is it yeah. time for my favorite part of the podcast? I think round? it might be time for the lightning round. So, Jess, as you know, because you've listened to the podcast, we ask all of our listeners a few quick, random, off-the-top-of-your-head questions. Just answer wherever you're at within your Madonna journey right now as we speak. Favorite Madonna song? Secret. Oh, Oh, mine too. Nice. Favorite Madonna Madonna video? Oh, my God. Justify my love. God, I love that. Dirty. Dirty. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I discovered something new about Justify My Love that I never knew before. And if you guys already knew it, I'm sorry. Debbie Mazar makes a cameo in that video. Oh, yeah. I did do that. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's just her eyes, but that's Uh, all I need. I was going to say, I'm like, it's not the person she's making out with in the bed in front of Tony Ward. No, no, it's it's kind of like a dissolve shot, but you know, just like Madonna said famously at Live Aid, she ain't taking shit off tonight, and she, <laughs> you know, she was one of the few people in that video that did not strip. Madonna took her clothes off. She was in that brown panties in the bed. <laughs> uh, just who, who who runs around a hotel without a suitcase? That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, she God. dressed light. That's why she had that thin little briefcase. She didn't need to pack much. Mm-hmm. She was. She, see, mm-hmm. I always envisioned that. Sorry, we're di- we're diverting off of lightning run for a second. I always envisioned that that was Madonna on a break from her lunch. You know, like she was like on lunch break from the office, and that's where she ran over to the hotel to have like a clandestine affair. It was just like a lunchtime well, dress, a little afternoon delight. The kind of hotel where everybody leaves their doors open. <laughs> I mean, maybe they were cleaning the rooms. You know, there was a big turnover hour at the hotel or something. I don't know. Um, Jess' favorite Madonna look. Oh, gosh. Okay. Favorite Madonna look. I think the Like a Prayer video. Mm, yeah, mm, dark hair Madonna, huh? I, I do, I do, I do like her with with dark hair. Yeah, I mean that's just like top of mind. I, I'm sure I'll think of so many others. Oh, it but changes. You know, it, it, it just what came to me, and I also yeah. love when she has like wavy hair like that. It's beautiful. Favorite yeah, Madonna tour again. Blonde ambition. Ponytail or curly hair? Curly hair. <laughs> I was gonna say everyone has a favorite. I could do this all day. Please keep this lightning around. I keep it together for holiday. Oh my God. That's great. Mm-hmm. Keep it together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and, you know, we recently spoke with uh, Nikki and Donna separately, and they both, like, surprisingly, that's their favorite thing from Blonde Ambition. Like, they really just go off talking about that. I'll tell you, that is, I, I'll tell you, the, the choreography in Keep It Together is something that I have always, since the day that I first watched it, was mesmerized by. Mm-hmm. To, to, this, to this day, like, it's the thing that I show people. Like, I know it's like Bob Fosse inspired, but it's, I, I think it's, it's amazing. The looks, the, the costuming, the mm-hmm. choreography, it is just how she jumps down the thing in the middle. At, at the end, it's just... It's so, it's just so badass. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's like 1990 and then someone shows up and tells you, I'm going to mix up Cabaret, Sly and the Family Stone, Clockwork Orange, and Mm -hmm. you're going to love it. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, too true. Well, Jess, thanks for coming on the show today. 
Oh my God, Wait. this was a, bl- oh, what? Jess, <laughs> I, I need you to plug all your stuff. Oh. Tell us where we can find you. Tell us who's coming on your show. Tell us everything. Sure. Okay, so the name of my podcast is Hot Takes and Deep Dives. Um, my my Instagram, my personal Instagram is JessXNYC. So those are the main places you can find me. Mm-hmm. And okay, upcoming episodes. Like I said, I have T. Kyle, who is the host of It's Britney Bitch and Legends Only, which are like two like amazing like music podcasts mm-hmm. that you should listen to. So he's coming on probably the week that this is released, next week. And okay, do you remember the show Workout? on Bravo with Jackie Warner. Oh my God. Are you getting Jackie on your show? Can I tell you something? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. Are you sitting, are you sitting down? Like, I actually you- am. I am okay. sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. She was, I have been trying to get her. To, I've been trying to interview her for a year. Where has she and been? I, and I final. I, I'll tell you. You're going to have to listen finally, to the podcast and find out, Tony. <laughs> I finally interviewed her yesterday and it's coming out it's coming out the week that this is that this is out it's it'll be out by the time people hear this and the interview is it's actually fucking crazy she she went she went on and on about her relationship with Jillian Michaels like they were together for six and a half years she's they've like never spoken about this publicly I did not know that oh my god and Jillian Michaels she's got a mouth on her oh she hates her (laughs) she hates her fucking guts she she told me how she basically like characterized her as just a complete sociopath monster and like gave so many examples and at the end she was like she's probably gonna sue me i'm like she's like yeah i bet you 50 bucks she's gonna sue me after this comes out i'm like okay <laughs> well, so well you know like like madonna said by the time this comes out it won't matter <laughs> right right so that's i mean that's what you can look forward to i mean i'm so happy that i like i, cause I was so excited i couldn't find her for like a year and then like suddenly i found a way to get to her but like whoo it was like a year in the making, honestly. Yeah, you guys need to listen to Hot Takes and Deep Dives because um, it is Bravo yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> hmm. Tony with the taglines. I, you know, I don't know where it's coming from. Maybe it's because I'm schwitzing over here. But <laughs> um, we just want to say thanks to all of you guys for you know choosing us to listen to while you're you know at home you know uh working from home not working from home but you know staying safe and staying inside even though it's really hot and we all want to go to the beach but you know we got to do our part um thanks for listening to us visit us on twitter and instagram at mlbc podcast like and subscribe rate and review uh drop us a line on the website mlbc www.mlbc Com and yeah, and uh, remember, wear a mask, social distance, do your part. Let's kick this shit away, and then we can all... Yeah, Madonna wore a mask when she went to protest in London, so why yeah, can't you? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually true. seen a, a few Madonna-inspired masks online. I don't know if I'm going to get one, but... Um, you don't I want a Madame X mask? It'll go with your, it'll go with your eye patch. <sighs> I was not a fan of the eye patch. <laughs> but anyway, thanks guys. Uh, we'll see you next time and check out Jess's podcast as yeah, well. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, thanks everyone. This was so fun. Thank you. See Thank you. Soon. you. Bye. Bye.